0: Our New Testament reading this morning comes to us from the letter to the Romans. It is a little dense and a little hard to follow, but if you can hang with it, I think it has something to say to us at this time. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we have been saved through him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord bless to us the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, that they may be found now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The discussion had gotten pretty heated I was leading a class when I was pastor of the Geneva Church, and we had strayed into some rather controversial topic on biblical interpretation. I don't even remember what it was, but like I say, the conversation had gotten pretty heated. And finally, one man spoke up. I'm pretty sure he was kidding, but he spoke up and he said, I think this can all be settled by a bumper sticker I saw last week. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, if you get your theology from bumper stickers, then the book of Romans is probably not for you. This letter is dense and complex, and sometimes it's just downright hard to understand. And that's good. It's good because it reminds us that God is hard to understand. God is not easy to understand because our view is always partial, it's always limited. It's hard to think of God in any way except through our own experiences. Our experiences are the only frame of reference we have, and that's what prompted Karl Barth, the great theologian of the last century, to say God is not man uttered in a loud voice. Or as Flannery O'Connor, that great southern writer, put it from the other direction, a God you understood would be less than you. Even though we are created in the image of God, God is not us. Sometimes God defies the laws of nature, the resurrection. Sometimes God defies the rules of logic. He reconciles us through the death of his son. What Paul is trying to show in this letter to the Romans is that God is bigger than our preconceptions. The life of faith is larger than what we had expected. Did you catch some of the claims that Paul makes about God in this passage? Through God, suffering produces hope. That Christ did not come for religious people, but for the ungodly. That God's first move is to reconcile with his enemies. These are upside down understandings of the way the world works, and to believe them, we have to have a little imagination for another reality, for a larger reality. The trouble is, our culture, our social media, our political system shout so loud at us and throw these stark images at us every day that say reality is us, them. It's this party or that party. It is the good guys or the bad guys, conflict, competition, opposition, war on a virus, assaults on police, attacks on protesters. That is the view of reality that is pumped out at us every day. But contrast that with the view of reality portrayed in Romans. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Having been reconciled, we are saved by Christ's life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have now received reconciliation. Paul gives us a window into a different reality, a larger reality into ultimate reality. And we see that the nature of this reality is not one of conflict, of us versus them, it is one of reconciliation and unity. It's the same picture we get in 2 Corinthians, where Paul writes, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. And in Colossians, where he says, Through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. And isn't it what Jesus prayed for on the night before he was executed? may they all be one as you father are in me and I am in you may they also be in us I in them you in me that we may become completely one and if Jesus prayed that don't we think there's about a 100% chance that it will happen eventually I'm blessed with having some real clear memories of times when I was very young, and one of those times was when I was probably three or four years old. I was playing in my sandbox while I was being cared for by a man named Carrie Easterling. And I learned many years later that Carrie was part African American and part Native American. But I did not know that then, and I was playing, and I looked up and gazed into Carrie's face, and I asked, Carrie, are you white or colored? You see, those are the terms I had heard people using. That was the common parlance in the late 1950s. I'd heard people using those terms, but I didn't really understand what they meant, and I especially didn't understand what they meant in relation to Carrie. And one of the beauties of that memory for me is that it it recalls a time in my life when I did not make racial distinctions. I did not understand racial differences. I had to be taught that. Society teaches us to divide people up by race or by ethnicity or by the way they look or the way they talk. But there's no scientific basis for that distinction. And it is not how I saw people, at least for the first few years of my life. And it is not part of the ultimate reality where God reconciles to himself all things. And in God, we become completely one. So the question is, If that is the nature of ultimate reality, how do we live that now? Now, when we are at this inflection point for racial and social justice in our society, when things could go one way or another, how do we live into that ultimate reality now? Michael Curry, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, challenges his members to ask themselves this question. What would the sacrificial love of Jesus look like now? What would the sacrificial love of Jesus look like now? How do we live in to ultimate reality? Because there will come a time... the Democratic Party and the Republican Party no longer exist. And even harder to believe, ultimately and eventually, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter will be gone. CNN, Fox News and MSNBC will be off the air and God will be reconciling to himself all things. And in God, we, black, white, protesters, police, conservative, liberal, become completely one. In light of that, what would the sacrificial love of Jesus look like now? Will Willimon was pastor of the Methodist Church in Myrtle Beach, and he tells the story of a woman and her family who attended that church when they would be vacationing there. And he asked her one time after the service how she had come to that church, and she said that, well, she'd heard about it and she felt that it was the only church on the beach where a black family would feel welcome. And he went on to learn that she had had a a rough life. She had experienced firsthand oppression and tragedy and hatred. And one summer she arrived with her family, but her husband was not there. And he learned that the husband had died that year after a difficult illness. Her only son had been incarcerated and she was now caring for her two young grandchildren. And as Willemond listened to her explain what had happened over the course of that year, he could not help feeling overwhelmed for her and wondering how she was going to get through all of this. And then she said this, I know God will make a way for us. I found that when I've reached out, he's been there. Not always when I wanted him, but always when I absolutely needed him. He doesn't always come on time, but he always comes. Oh, I'll make it with his help. Yes, I will. Paul said, we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. We live in a difficult time, an uncertain time, what I call an inflection point in our society We don't know how it will turn out, how it will resolve, how it will reconcile. But we will make it. We will all make it with God's help. Yes, we will.